What's up, everyone? I'm here with another podcast, Fueled by Purpose, and we have in the building today... GLO, co-founder of Curly Girl Collective, marketer, entrepreneur. Y'all don't want to miss this episode. She is everything. We're here with Gia from the Curly Girl Collective. <laughs> and I guess the topic today would be to find out more about yourself and your the story, strategies, and mechanics that got you to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to know what makes your company so successful. I personally like to open up the floor to first knowing, like, what's your purpose? You know what I mean? I want everyone to explore that, to know what their purpose, like, why they, why are they here? Like, and some people haven't found it yet, and it's a ongoing thing, but I feel like you just seem well-rounded, and you probably know your purpose, and you're walking in, so mm. I just want to know, like, what do you feel is your purpose now? Because I feel like it changes, too. I, you gave all the caveats and the disclaimers. It changes, it morphs, you realize and re-realize it. Um, and there's kind of a heaviness to saying like, what's your purpose? And you kind of feel like you have to know what you're going to do with your entire life. Right. Um, uh, so I would say, I, I feel like the work that I'm doing has shown me what my purpose is because it's, it's sparking joy in places that should be really tired and really like not the places where mm -hmm. you're really experiencing the light. And so I feel like that purpose is A, especially for this year and, and, and the years beyond, I'm mastering the art of being on my own side. And when I do that, I know that I can be of service. I can use my story. I can use the wisdom along the way to be of service to those who are looking to be better. Like, I feel like that's what it is. Like, for the folks that's like, I'm here and I'm looking to be here. And in between that is resistance. And I'm trying to figure that out. I am too. And I'm using tools actively. And I feel like that's that, that my purpose is to kind of be on that journey out loud. That's cool. Right now. Still morphing, like you said. And and for those that don't know, I feel like it's okay to be like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my purpose is, but these are the questions I'm asking myself. And these are the places I'm pushing myself to show up in to, to test and feel and see um, to figure out what that purpose is. Because, yeah, that, that question feels heavy, but... Yeah, I find that a lot of people find that that question is kind of heavy. It's like, my purpose? Like, you mean like my life purpose? Right. I, I feel like, you know... It, it is a thing that is continually morphing because we change. And right now my purpose may be to be helping people find their purpose. But a couple years down the line, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go retire and sit over in Haiti and do philanthropy work. And that's what my purpose is. And that's where God wants me in that moment. So I think it's just about being present to where God wants you in the moment. Indeed. You know, and, and listening I, and to that's that. That's what's most important. Yeah. So that that's a good purpose. That's a great purpose. Okay. <laughs> I'm still I'm still figuring it out and learning and allowing my purpose to be morphed right now, right? But still kind of staying on course with the projects and stuff that right. I attach myself to. So being in your moment and allowing it to happen. Mhm. Mm is there is there anything that kind of caught your attention like I need to get a grasp of my purpose as opposed to just letting it happen? Was there anything that happened to you even in this past calendar year that made you say, I need to you know, capture what I am or encapsulate my exact purpose instead of letting it happen to me? I'm so glad that you asked that question. Because <laughs> yes, it's an intentional search, I, I would say. Um, and that moment, what comes up for me when you ask that question is a moment, I was in California. So after I graduated, I moved to California. I was living in the Bay Area. 
and at this point, I was working in finance, risk management, and that was my life. I was in corporate America. What's the timeline on this one? This was early 2000s. Okay. Early gotcha. 2000s. And so um, I also had an, uh, another job. I was working in retail, doing the side hustle thing. I'd always been doing that. I'm a child of an immigrant, uh, first generation born in the U.S., so always had these kind of multiple jobs, figuring it out. So here it was. I graduated. I had I'd come to this place where I felt like I had I made it. Like, they flew me out. They moved me. You know, by the time I'd graduated, I had four different offers and from Texas to California, and I'm a little black girl from the Bronx, so that was very much so like, okay, I'm making it out through this education thing. So here it was, and I had, at this point, it's two, maybe two and a half years into this experience, and um, I'd cultivated the friends and a tribe, and one homegirl and I were ending our night. You kind of know those nights when you pull up in the car, but the conversation just keeps going, and you can mm -hmm. just keep talking. And so, um, we were having one of those nights and we were having this conversation and and I felt this resistance to showing up at work every day and questioning my work in the world and feeling like like really like I do not wanna like I don't wanna do this anymore. But it I also didn't know what I wanted to do. And so in this the safety of this friendship and this conversation in this car, in this moment, I said, you know, I just wanna do something interesting with hair and large events like the Oscars, because in my head, the Oscars was like the opulence, like the, right. you know, of events. And the something with hair is rooted from, no pun intended, but is rooted from, um, at 12 years old, my very first job was, I was a shampoo assistant oh, wow. in mm. my mother's, um, the salon that she went to. Mm -hmm. And so... Wait, so your parents are immigrants? And yes. Got you. Right. Yes, and so she and she went to the salon. I went with her. Took a, a, a the the salon owner and the master stylist took me under her wing. I learned all these things about hair and beauty, unbeknownst to me, what I was accumulating, other than like knowing how to deal with clients and and what the various things. I went from shampooing to basin heads to do perms to doing colorings. All these things. I did that all throughout high school. I also worked on the salon on 149th Street in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. um, you think that's where your entrepreneurial ways came from, too? I didn't realize it until one day I was having a conversation with someone about something like this. And I was like, so that moment, let me go back to this moment in the car. So here it is. I'm saying, I want to do something interesting with hair and these events. But I, I was like, I don't want to work in the salon. Mind you, I've been doing this all through. In my mind, I didn't want to be a hairstylist or have a salon. Not that, I, first of all, those are staples in communities, but it's just not the vision I had. And I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what that was. But um, I realized later in a meandering path, like, wow, I'm actually... I'm actually doing some interesting things with hair and doing these large experiences. So it was that moment that made me, when you said, how did you come to the moment where you need to realize your purpose? Right. It was it was then when I was like, I don't want to do this. And what I want to do looks so different. Like, how do I place myself in right. situations to make that happen? And the journey was long. Like I said, this was early 2000s. So. Well, that's a great journey. <laughs> it's a learning experience for sure. The whole time. And it helps grow you. Um I have a question. I would say, how is beauty defined by you? Like, what is beautiful to you? How is it defined in your words? Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think there's an aesthetic part to beauty that's like whatever is 
aesthetically pleasing to me or you or anyone. And that could be in someone's features, in the color of a flower and all of those things. Or um, if you go deeper, though, when something like feels beautiful beyond like it looks beautiful, it brings this air of confidence. One of the things that I've come to realize is like beauty is a conduit to confidence. Like we were just talking right, right now right. before we got ready. Like, how do I, you know, how do I look? I want to make sure I, so that you can feel comfortable and sit back and 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 walk into that interview right. or walk into that meeting. But the, that all that to say that I, I feel like beauty is a, like you're saying, it's confidence, but it's an inside job, right? Definitely. So do you feel like, like, and this is my question really for everybody Definitely. is like, in this day and age, we've seen a lot of plastic surgery. Now, I don't disagree and I don't agree. It's none of, you know, I'm just like, whatever works for you. But I just feel like it's making a lot of our youth want plastic surgery very young. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to at I mean, you hear like girls that are in elementary school, I want my lips done or I want my nose done. How does that make you feel? Like for me personally, I feel like a, they need to first learn to embrace what they have. Not to say that when you don't, you know, when you grow a little older, that if that's really something that's bothering you, that you can't go and get it fixed. But to be so young and mm -hmm. to be so influenced by social media and what they're seeing, that bothers me. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, at what point did you get to work on your soul? That me part, that I love you. Because now you're growing up and you're loving this person that you built instead of who mm -hmm. you really are. So now I'm like... What do you know? What do we do? What is it our job to step up and say something about this? Do we, you know, like on my page, I like to promote, hey, this is how I am. This is what I am. It is what it is. And you know what I mean? And I, again, I like to say like one day I might want to get something done, but that's not to say that I don't love who I am right now. Mm -hmm. So how do we get our young girls, like stop our young girls from doing so much of it, especially so young? Mm -hmm. I'm not, again, I'm not against plastic surgery, but it's the how and the when and how old you are and like why mm -hmm. are you doing it? Mm -hmm. I think it's like how do you even how do you tell uh, a young it's it's a tough conversation because it's like when do you when is it okay to start wearing makeup? Like when is it can can a a fifteen sixteen year old girl just go into the doctor's office or, or they to take a their parents? There it goes right there. there I've right? heard I've personally heard I was with somebody driving the car and it was a driver. And they said that their daughter wanted a nose job for Christmas. And they were probably in like high school graduation. And I thought, my parents would have never let me do that. Hmm. And I wow. would have never even thought of doing that. Like if there was something I didn't like, like for instance, I had like insecurity, like weight issues when I was young. Never did I think I could go do something about it other than like, and not even working out. I didn't know nothing until I was knowledge, like knowledgeable in it. So it's like, it depends on what you're taught at an early mm, age, you know? So, yeah, they would have to obviously take some, but if they can't get it done, then they're painting this illusion of themselves that's not real. And that's where I'm like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, all these little girls going to get lip injections, like, no, embrace what you have. And it's not, again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it, I don't know. I just feel like we're, we're losing out on a lot of the natural beauty of who we are yeah. as people, what we look like before we start putting everything on. But I think is this is so many conversations. I was gonna say I'm writing like, bullets. It you, is. You have to think about like mm -hmm. the world is this is social media is a double edged sword, right? Like I, I agree with you. Like it's tough, it's a tough time. Like, but those same girls that are seeing things on social media, they're probably getting bullied on social media. Yeah, and it's tough. It's, it's tough. Like, I don't disagree. But I guess it, it takes the leader of the generations to stand up and say, Hey, it's okay to be yourself. Right. And that's what we're missing. That's true. Because yeah. 
yeah, there's the girl that's saying, hey, this is beautiful, but what about the girl that just says, hey, this is me, this is what it is, and I don't care whether you like it or not, take it or leave it. And it's also what they subscribe to, too, right? Because, like, you have the Angela Simmons, you have the Meg Thee Stallions, all natural beauty, and yeah. that's what some women subscribe to, and then some other women subscribe to other leaders. Yeah, it depends. And, right? Like, but how do we... I guess but I guess in school, it's like they're looking at who what who's getting the most praise. That's true. Is the natural girl getting the most praise, or is the girl who's going and getting her stuff done or looking like plastic getting the praise? Mm. At what at what point do the leaders step in and kind of guide those people? Like, at what point do you say, "Yo, you're beautiful"? Like, what? what I don't is... know. I mean, it could be lack of support too. It's a tough question. It's, it's a tough, tough conversation. But right? I just when I think of beauty and when we were talking about it, I'm like, dang, like. That's a great topic. Yeah, though. let's talk about it for a second. So I think that that the questioning as a youth around your beauty isn't new. I also remember being teased. I remember being teased about a few things from having big lips to having a gap. And I remember going home and saying to my mom, I wanted to do something about my lips, which was so far-fetched because we're, A, we weren't in the economic like background for that to even be considered a right. Christmas gift. Like, what? <laughs> but I need lips. Right. Got lips. <laughs> right? Like, excuse me, ma'am. But, but um, I think that this, and, and now as an adult, when we see when we see images of what wasn't considered beautiful now kind of amplified, I'm looking at them like, man, if I had that when I was a little girl, now I'm seeing people with gaps all in in, mm-hmm. in ads, and I'm yeah. like, I really had a struggle with my with my smile. So that to me was like, a how do we how do we help? We continue to push out and and change and control the narrative around what real beauty is. And agreed, I think it's okay to be neutral about things like plastic surgery. Like plastic surgery to me. I have mixed reviews about it in that I'm fine. I I feel like I'm in a neutral zone. I'm cool with it for folks that like want to make themselves feel quote unquote better or enhanced, but it needs to, I feel like there has to be like a therapy, a few therapy sessions before people can sign up for surgery or something like to kind of unravel like the root of it, because I think people think it's going to solve things. Um, it don't fix nothing, and it yeah. doesn't, and, and and therefore it spirals. Whereas if it's happening because hey, I have some, I lost hella weight, and I have extra Gotta skin. Get this snatched. Yeah, cool. I had a kid, a <laughs> you know whatever. what I'm saying? I'm, I, maybe you uh, don't. Maybe you don't like your nose as you grow, and you want to change it. There you I'm have not it. it. But, but let that person be be whole in who about. they are, as yeah. opposed to seeking wholeness in a, in this change. Yeah. That's where the ticket lies. So I think we can help by a continuing to. Con- to shift the narrative, but also we gotta, like you said, the parent is taking them in. We gotta have conversation with parents on how to maneuver and how to but work how with even, these. How do you even get all those people? You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, it's like, like it's, it's a big reach. I mean, the it's whole thing is a large reach, thing, right? but you it starts somewhere because that's the same way we felt when Curly Girl Collective was starting to have this conversation. It was like, how do we? We started in an apartment. I mean, that, I'm not saying that that's no, where everything starts, but you know what I mean? I agree. Like, yeah. you're, to speak to the question that you directly asked, which is like, how do we do something about this right. current situation? It starts with like, yeah, that narrative, perhaps engaging parents. Like, how do I handle when my daughter or my son says, I want to surgically change something about myself because I saw it on, on a, a celebrity? There, right. Yeah, that's, a, you know, you need to have, maybe you need a toolkit of parent conversations it's just like it's it's tough because you don't know when at what point yeah i have a daughter yeah Yeah, i have a daughter and a son yeah i mean it's if my daughter came this is me personally because i respect it i respect all you never know what somebody's dealing with internally 
And the inverse of what you said, I think, I think confidence is a conduit. To confidence is very important. Right? Like, that's, like, if you you step outside, like, yeah, this I feel good. You know what I mean? And I think in any business, you if you're about to go get a deal that like you put your best fit on, you're going to say, I'm getting this deal or... Like whatever, You're feeling good, right? Like whatever you, however you feel. Confidence definitely defines us. Exactly. What would you? When you were gonna say something about your daughter, and I agree what you said about confidence. Good yeah. point. About if you, what if your daughter, maybe age a teenager, comes home and and get, and says that? How do you? Well, I'm me personally. I'm gonna, you know, I think it's a, a conversation. It's a great conversation because at the end of the day, like that's the easy way out. Let's let's talk about why you feel that way. Let's talk about right? if somebody's bullying you, right. if if like what is it? Right? But What's if it's triggering? like if you give me every reason why like no, it's not about anybody. It's just like I think this would look better on me. Why? You know, at, if you're at a viable age if it's 16, 17, 18 and you're saying like I feel I think I'd feel better this way, dad. You know, it's a it's a conversation. If you check every box and you answer every question, and it's not because of anyone else, then I'm not to say I would pay for it, but I would consider it. Okay, that's fair. Agreed. I don't see nothing right? wrong with it. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's a tough it's a happy conversation. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it feels so normalized now, and it also feels reachable because it feels like, oh, I could just like it, even the cost doesn't feel. I remember plastic surgery felt like so it felt like very Hollywood and very expensive for a long time, and I was like, no, like it's, it's right reachable. here. Yeah, yeah. it's affordable. I mean, the, the times are cha- like think about ten years ago how much times have changed. Indeed, oh, we're in another time. Yeah. Like you cool. never saw, you never saw. You rarely saw the fake bodies, fake everything on TV. You rarely saw... Think about the... You guys remember the tip drill video? Yes. <laughs> Those it are all natural bodies on there. right? Like times have changed. Now that's, that's like true. a different demo. Let's talk natural hair. So right. what made you embrace your natural hair? It was a process, I'd say, embracing it. When I think about like when you embrace something and like you kind of hold it wholeheartedly, it was a process. I remember it initially when to be real, if I had to like pinpoint the beginning of it, it started with like I said, when I was 12, I worked in a salon. Here it was. I was in college. I had my hairstylist and it started with her saying, you don't need to perm your hair anymore like that like you don't like this tech you don't really need to do that how about we and at the time like i said i was on a mission to be in corporate america i was very clear like i was in on boards in college like i was and so there was a look that i wanted to to have and so um she was like you know we could do we could grow it out with sew-ins or you know do do various things so that's what i did for a number of years and i still wasn't i wouldn't say i was embracing my natural hair but i was letting it grow let's start there because let because people think like going natural is like immediate like first of all women of color and your audience is vast right so they might not even know what it means like I had an interview with a, a, an anchor woman who was of Asian descent, and she was like, I, help me understand, like, why is this important, though? Like, the Crown Act and kind of all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I got to give contest because that's not everyone's experience to think about mm-hmm. going, embracing my natural hair. People wake up and like, why wouldn't I embrace my natural hair? Whereas for us, it's a conversation and it's a process. And people can identify with various elements of it. But 
um, it started with deciding that I was going to be okay with how it looked, the, how the texture looked when it grew out. Because a lot of us are even disconnected with what that looks like because we may have been processing our hair for a long, a long period of time mm -hmm. and don't even really know what the texture looks like or how we're going to look with it. So it started with this conversation that my stylist planted in my head. How about we don't have to perm it anymore? And so, P.S., my very first perm was as a child. My auntie did it in Jamaica. My mother was actually extremely upset because oh I was, like, in Jamaica visiting family. My mom is picking me up from the airport, and I'm swinging. I'm swinging. And I was hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I was swinging. What's that going No stiff. No stiff. I was swinging, uh. right? And she um, was livid. Lit. My mother was livid. Why would you perm my baby's hair? It was, like, a moment. And... It, if you think about how many, like, there's moments with hair. I think everyone has, like, a moment in their hair story, whether they're recognizing that they're losing a little or, oh you know. <laughs> Why'd you do that to I him behind say... the camera? I'm sorry. <laughs> we were rolling at that time. And everybody can, you know what? This is a safe space. People can identify with you we're out sharing there in the this. world. It is a safe space. It's a safe space. You and safe Yeah, I got space. about four or five haircuts left. <laughs> I'm gonna save them for my daughter, Sweet Sixteen, her wedding, and then <laughs> a funeral. Because <laughs> these these edges go. they they going, but yeah, you you it looks good. And so my point is, I embraced it in a journey. Eventually, that same job I talked about that I had in California, um, an executive that I was working with was introducing me to a client, and. I had been doing this growing it out and sewing thing. And I told you about the homegirl in the car. Like, mm -hmm. oh, full circle. Homegirl in the car. It was like that crew that was like, yeah, take that weave out. You could go to work with your girl. Yes. Because they were already kind of doing this. Mm -hmm. I showed up at the office maybe my first couple days of like my hair is out. And by my hair is out, I mean my, my, my fro was out, but I had like a little headband on. I maybe had like a little version of a French roll, but like mm. a bouffant little thing. coming. It was something I did to it. Honey, he and I had been prepared for this meeting, had my ducks in a row. I was leading it, and he introduced me to the client and said, and this is Gia, and she's doing something crazy with her hair, but, you know, and continued to talk. And I just remember feeling like, yeah, that's the look. I thought I was killing it. He talk about, I got, what? I didn't even do the meeting yet. Right? He's introducing me. I, I remember they came up to my cubicle kind of Now she's doing something crazy, crazy with her hair. Crazy with her hair. And at that time, we I didn't even think, like, you know, go to HR. I didn't think sit down, have a teachable moment. I didn't think about microaggressions. I don't even think we had those words yet, you know, for us to kind of fall back on. And I just swallowed it and pressed on, killed the meeting, you know, you know, continued to have a professional day. But I, it sat with me that he felt like he needed to explain my hair to her, and he explained it in that way. You still know him? No. What's his name? I can't do that. You gotta do that. You gotta. Somebody gotta find him so he can know. So if this finds him, he knows that that was wrong. So he doesn't do it to another brown girl. Cause that's important. Like, but it's so. But that see, that's the thing. Is like I know that that's you. Not probably the only person that this has happened to. Woman exactly. To. Let me tell you that that is one of the reasons. Not only am I not the only person this happened to. We all came together on an email thread, and we were talking about we talked about all kinds of things. But this and other topics around this was 
what kind of brought us to this this place where we were sharing like can i show up to an interview like this or this is how i'm received yeah, in these this conversations way are important. these conversations are happening in our communities and it was actually the catalyst that led us to bring that conversation from happening in an email thread to hey how about we get together and we talk about this or exchange whatever whatever we needed in the moment and um gratefully how it's come out in the world is through celebrating women of color and how they look. Let's and, talk. And let's talk here, about right? your business. Let's talk about um, Curly Girl Collective and celebrating natural beauty. Yeah. Let's talk about that a bit. Well, um, I am one of five partners and founders of an organization called Curly Girl Collective. We are essentially we call ourselves an activation agency, which means we tell stories like we we help to um create and build and share experiences with women of color and people of color and so that came from like i was saying before an email thread there was a group of us it was actually called the natural hair thread and it started because we were exchanging about various topics around beauty really we called it natural hair because brooded in hair right again another pun but it, it it was so many different conversations from um, products that we could use not only in our hair and our but on our skin and, and every other part of our uh, beauty needs, but also how it we showed up in the world. Whether it was at work, it was at school, as a parent, as a partner, as a spouse, all these questions about like so this is how I look. I'm feeling some kind of way about it, and I need a place to talk about it. I need somewhere that serves these needs. And that was happening in the thread. We were emailing every day. Like, I got an interview. You think I can go? I'm going to have to let the, the Afro out after I get hired. Or, you know, I have a first date. We met online. But in the pictures, I had a hold. I had a weave. I had braids. And now my hair is out. Girl, what you think he's going to say? Or what, what? It was it was nonstop. And, and then it would be other things like recipes. And like, because we're whole people, right? It doesn't stop there. And so um, we had this bright idea one day. Like, how about we all just get together? And it started there. So we got together in my now partner um, Tracy's apartment in Brooklyn in 2010. <laughs> in 2010. And it's 2020. So wow. this is 10 years. 10 years. Right. Wow. One, let me put a pin in that real quick. For folks that are uh, Instagram lovers and social media lovers and glamorize entrepreneurship and what it looks like. Those images do not show you 10 years. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> and and no. the non-pretty parts, the parts they don't talk about. And so, um, yeah, there's just that. That's a whole topic. But anyway, here it was in 2010. We said, let's get together. And so we did at, at, at the apartment. And it was great. We had a good time. We talked about everything. Topics were vast. And we also, um, we got some products from some cool um, local <laughs> people at the time hair rules uh it dicky if you if you're familiar oh, with yeah, of course yeah our um had donated some products to give to the group you know and and a couple others like you know miss jesse's and the like and so we did it and then a group of us came together and was like yo we need to do this again for more people maybe there's other people not just in the thread that also talk about this and like need stuff like we should do it again and so we 
you know, when you decide to do something, of course, it's like, a, oh, it's exciting until it's like, now we're doing it, we're executing, we're putting our money on it, we're putting our time on it, right? And so then the core folks kind of came together and the very first event that Curly Girl Collective did out of this calling and out of this need was called Creative Expressions. Mm. And it was at an art gallery in Chelsea and it was more than we could have imagined at the time because we again we had this thread that we we started an Instagram page at the time Instagram was brand new we started all the platforms that are out there of course and at the same time as us we were building this this collective of people that also felt and looked and was looking for the information that we were looking for. And so this first event, we didn't know what to expect. Of course, what they get, of course, the, maybe the homies will support. When 300 people came, we were like, whoa, that was huge. Right. Now we call it a micro event, but that was, right, yeah. that was huge. And it was great. We had a live artist there. Our very first partner was Miss Jessie's. They came and, and did what we consider to be the very first live Big Chop. And for those who may not know what Big Chop is, you've been growing out your permed hair and you want to cut the permed hair <laughs> off. Big Chops at the event? We did the first ever. That's awesome. A live Big Chop. This was in 2011 in May. We did a live Big Chop. Miss Jessie's did it. Uh, Titi and Miko were there. We had a model. She had been, what? we did a whole contest online like if you've been growing out your hair you want to chop from these celebrity hairstylists come to collective expressions we're gonna have this we have a live artist like we put it all together and it was and it was also different than the standard meetup because beauty has been coming together right they do conventions we see the roles of brands but but it was wild right and because it was like we all feel the terror and like get like being vulnerable and cutting our hair and not knowing what it's gonna look like especially like i don't i've never had my non-permed hair just exists on my head. Like, what is that going to look like? And she Question. happens to be a model. Do you... is Are you supposed to consult with your partner before you cut your hair? Or do you just do it? So, I had done the big chop and big chop terms means your hair's growing out from the perm you cutting off the perm the cut i'm talking about is i've shaved my sides so i have a hat on but i don't i have a mohawk and i was in a relationship at the time that i was deciding to do that and my hair was long so it was like a it was like a thing like Mm -hmm. i'm about to cut this off and i was i had mixed feelings i was like am i gonna look masculine like what is it gonna be like so i did have a conversation it wasn't me it wasn't really consulting with him but it was sharing with him that i i was thinking about doing this and and hearing him but i don't know that his it might have impacted me he was down for it so i don't even know if he wasn't Hmm. would have changed my mind probably not but i think having a conversation with your partner is nice depending on the nature of your relationship but it should not they should not decide for you just a fun conversation with them yeah, just for fun. Just a hey, what did you think? I mean, sometimes they, they might discourage you if they like. Or what I don't do you like think? girls like that? And you just looking. Now that's true. Mm. Ultimately, the decision around what you do with your body and your hair should be up to you. But yeah, yeah. and but I, I I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to escape from what Trevor's bringing up because actually, back in 2012, Curly Girl Collective, we did an event called Main Attraction. Which we had a panel. You remember that? Yeah. No, you do not. Yeah. I have friends that work. But that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. What? They have followed me from the very beginning, from college. I love you from here. That, thank you, that, that makes well, me... Well, and the work, I'll say. Not the, just you, but... Yeah, the work, the work. Yeah. I appreciate that. very natural at, in college from the time they came in up. 
And so right when we graduated is when I guess things started to pop off and people started to do things. So they were they were in that life already. Yeah. I don't like the word trend, but they were when it was a trend, they were following the trend instead of a until the precedent, like the standard. There you have it. Right, right, right. They're all in Atlanta now, so it's like Wow. Wow. That's thank you for that. So back in 2012, we did an event to have this very conversation because it's true. Sometimes the uh, a guy might not be attracted to that first stage, even though you were dating. And there's a lot of nuances to it. At the end of the day, you're with the person and there's going to be ebbs and flows in that relationship. And that might be one of them. And you keep going or you don't. But it is it is a topic that comes up. And maybe there needs to be some kind of like talking points that guys can use to <laughs> to safely have a conversation around it. But at the end of the day, one, he needs to just know I'm dealing with her and she's beautiful. Like really, it also should have him question some things about how he defines what beauty is. And you're, But you're right. I don't want to discredit. Not every style looks good on everybody. Yeah, That's I a mean, fact. But if you get like, so there's... There's arenas, right? That's about style. Though. You get it. You get a low cut. You gotta shape up, and your hairline's like, and your See? man's like, oh, nah, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> like, that's the now you got to have that's the. That's called having a bad hairstylist or a bad. Correct, and your and your man needs to, to definitely say something. Then you but how do you tell you? You babe, tell them. like, babe, is, they they messed up is, your line. That's different. <laughs> that's different. What? When I had when I had it shorter, than yeah. That, yeah, they're looking after me. Like, they have or you up. or back or if they do they, too much of a masculine line here, yeah. Because I go to barbers, so I feel you. No, that type of stuff you have to. That's but different. in an arena where you know that she is coming into kind of an exploration of like I used to wear this type of style all the time, and now I'm going to let my hair be out. There does need to be some sensitivities. <laughs> but you can also contribute by, hey, let me make you an appointment to go to your favorite natural hairstylist. Like you can you, contribute with you also better uh, love me from the inside out, brother. Out, period. If you don't love me on the internal side, then you won't love me like this. I, and even just dating. What if it's like I'm just dating you? Maybe we four months. Maybe and it I is don't not even love. like you like that. Maybe I'm trying to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm trying to get out of that this. part. That part. <laughs> Let me ask the flip side. What about when a dude is trying to do something new with his beard or something, and he do something that look like patches, or like oh, he trying thing? to do the scruff? You guys the recognize drum? patches? Some yeah, dudes I've seen that. Bed and they be trying to have you see guys think they just some invisible. dudes cut. They trying to do too what much, or they just cut it off. And so, and so, how do we what have these conversations with them? Because. Maybe if I was, maybe your lady was like, babe, you, you going yeah, a little yeah, light yeah. on top. Do you want me to get you yeah, some Rogaine? Right. <laughs> Wait, what did she say to him? She said, oh, yours is connected. You say you're goddamn right. No, that's a good, that's a good beard. That's, that's a, a good, good beard. That's but, a good but, beard what, but what if you were dealing with like men deal with hair loss? Everyone deals with hair loss. Like what if your woman noticed it? I'm just saying that other people can, re- yeah, it can resonate with, with others. Okay. I don't. Your hair looks nice and dark. It does look nice. Here. I don't know what you talk about. You see, I think brothers. You know, we didn't know that y'all knew about the patchy beard. I've been. Oh I, come on! Because when I grow How mine, can we there's not a know? gap. How can we not know? How can we not know? 
Like, say what you see, my scalp. And we call y'all that in our group chats. You know the one with the patches? Oh. You might be named Patches, and that might just be your nickname in my phone. Group chat. Have you talked to Patches lately? You got patches in your phone? Patches. I take it back. I take it back. If you have patches, be gentle with yourself. But go to your barber and get. All right, but wait. So, all right. Back to the the. Sorry, let me. I'm sorry. Is it because we had the wig conversation? Sorry, we had the the male wig conversation. Is that acceptable? No. I'm not. You a brother? It's not. It's unacceptable for you. It's unacceptable. The male, male wig, wigs the, and weaves and male hair replacement. No, I think the hair replacement is a different thing because that's your hair. But yes, it is. They you they plant they plant the root. Okay, so ma'am, we when you hair say plugs. Wigs, you mean the plug? Yeah, the, no. Not the plugs, yeah. the, the stuff that they blew. A wig, yeah. A weave and a wig. They do it on. There's a face. They snatch it on. That's using B Are they using that? Is that okay? They need that Beijing is not okay to me any longer. If I see the Beijing, it's. It's the tar top. There's different cities that love it. Like Philly does it. Some other cities do it. No, I've seen no the the Beijing and the beard to to add an extra HD. I respect. It's because they were trying to satisfy the patches. But if you got a, a hole on the top of your head and you put that Beijing on top, no, that's not it. Because I went to a barber, right? And my man, because my you know, when your hair go out, you can see the get this camera out of my face. You see the you see the patches going in, right? Of course. Yeah, I got the corner yeah, issue too, so but he's but. like, yo, brother, you put out some dye. I said, shit. I said, what you about to do? He's helping you out. He said, let me let me paint you up. I said, hey, bro. Let me paint you up. Did he He's helping you, you out. Yeah, he Are you painting right yeah. now? I love him trying. <laughs> no, you tried it. No, he ain't tried it. You tried it. It look alright. It's not bad. But if you're trying to color in non-hair follicles places, like you're coloring in skin and making the that's unacceptable. Just grow your man weaves and man wigs is a topic. It can be taboo. It can be double standard. Exactly, it's a double standard. Honey, I got hair under here, so if it all goes wrong, I can rip this thing off. And there's hair. I do this because I want to do it. Right. Now, not because you have to. Right, I can take it off and everything will be all right. And there's nothing wrong with not having hair. You could plop a wig on. What's wrong with we that? We are talking, so it's okay about for men. men to pull up. I mean, listen. If it looks there's good. There's a time and a place for I everything. We have a really good hairstylist in Atlanta that does it. Does it on I know, Katrina, you're not hearing ones. me. If, if you and I wrong, kick it, if ones. we kick it and I have a Caesar, mm. and then on our next date on Saturday, I pull up with dreads. That's not how it works. That's I'm not asking, how the man, why not? But a woman can do it, right? That's not how the man right? weave works. It's a little much. You're a male, and like, you're a man. So there is a double standard. No, you know what there is. It's, it's a preference. It's not a double standard. It's a preference, right? Because there's some women that might be okay with that. Not with a man showing up with three different hairstyles? I would be okay with it. I'm going to say probably... <laughs> There's three. Okay. There's multiple questions happening here because the man weave, right? You probably need to see a video. A man weave is where they make like it looks like a Caesar, and they and but it but it looks like a Caesar though, and they rock it for like a while, and it looks like and they get haircuts, and that's their look. You're talking about men having doing different hairstyles. I'm about a hair transformation. That's not how from that's low not what to we long. Mean. That's not what we mean about hair wigs. By the way, 
By the way, there's dudes, men, yeah, wigs that are who are having receding, right? Their hair is receding, and they get weaves and wigs that look like their hair, and they use that as their consistent look. Yeah. You're talking about a guy yeah. taking advantage, like, oh, I have a Caesar, and then I'm gonna go get a man like locks, locks wig. Now, again, there I feel there is a double standard, unfortunately, that exists, maybe unspoken. Um, I was actually at like a, a, a holiday party and I met a gentleman who said that, like, why should guys feel limited in their hair? He he actually got like kinky twists in his hair. I know. Look at everyone's face. My thing is whatever works Look, for you. You do you, not lie, that Angie. That makes you, no, at the end of the day, that face meant that wouldn't work for me. But if that is what works, you may find you a little partner that is okay with. Well, the on hair. her birthday trip, I had regular hair, and then the day of her birthday, by the time we're talking about came, men, that's, we're not talking about that's us. completely that's normal. That's normal. I, in this, our there world. have been Sunday mornings where I see my sister take her hair out. And then Monday mornings, it looks different. Her now hair she is might on the be floor. dealing with stuff at work about that. Like she might be dealing with people at work questioning her about that. But luckily at home, we all know what it is. I agree that there that might be some conversation. It, there may be some questions about his. I'm, I'm pulling on the dress next episode. His sexual preference. If he, if a man is shifting his hair a bunch, I'm, I'm sure, like that's pro- people are probably gonna uh, question probably. his sexual preference. I'm that's the first question, probably. and that's just keeping it real. And and if there is, if it's like, well, I'm just straight, I'm just exploring, it'll be like, wow, that's pretty avant garde. That's pretty. Art. It would be like he's on some other. Yeah. It wouldn't be like I'm just trying to explore hair. We would be like, that's normal. It would be like, yo, he's on some other. <laughs> <laughs> That's different than the man weave, though, which is I'm just, I, my hair is balding and I'm getting a weave and it looks like my hair. That's not the same as what we're, what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, like, like Tory Lanez, Vinny, yeah. you've been on tour with him. He's been saying four years ago, say? I'm going to fix my hairline. He's been saying that forever. Like, I'm going to fix my hairline. I'm going to fix my hairline. I'm going to fix my so hairline. So what's he going to do? He fixed his hairline. Oh, what did he but do? That's fine. He got he implants. Got the, fine. the pull the hair the from the back. Is, the implants is the thing. I think that's fine. I agree, and I also think Picture women it, do fine. that for edges that have been yeah, missing yeah, because yeah, it's not going to grow. Usually, it's not going to grow gonna back be. without a medical plan. intervention. Yeah, I'm more. Yeah, I'm more. Yeah. But LeBron ain't do it. Yes, he did. No, he did. He did. Yeah, I'm late. It it do. Ch- men changing their hair from like Caesar to to Afro to locks is going to r- r- raise an eyebrow and be like, "What's he about?" There's a I'm change say that. coming. A change is and a maybe coming. that's true. And be ready that, for it. Prince used to do different things with I his hair. A little bit. You talking about Prince? You can't compare regular people to true. Prince. You're right. I'm not gonna even argue you with can't that. Do that. You're right. There's social norms for people, and then and there's it, Prince. That's why. But he was an eyebrow raiser. Like, oh, what's he about? He was that, the epitome of that. Yeah, Prince is different. Different. He's and a guy it. who shows up with a Caesar and then comes with locks, I'll be like, he's different. But people do that all the time. Guys? Men, I, I know a lot of males that have done that. Like, they change their hair. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it all. So they'll go from now, a Caesar to, like, long hair? conversations come when it's multiple colors, back to back. Colors. Fetty Wap snuck Because it you can do a Caesar, you can do, well, you can do locks. Like right. That's why. Locks is masculine. But I'm saying you can do Caesars, locks. That's cool. But when people start changing their colors often, 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 often. So you're talking about A lot of people do that. Males? What? Oh, true. Okay. And it's usually like blonde. What colors are they using? Blonde is okay. I think it's when they start exploring with like 
multiple colors. What do you think about women Come doing out the that, light, brother? And edgy. he got light blue, pink. Oh, you no. you you be dyeing your hair? No, His hair is blue right now. No, I was talking to him. Oh, no, he don't. yeah, he needs to dye his. Uh. Yeah, so he's chilling with one color for a long time. But you, but you think colors on women is totally cool? Like purple, pink, everything is like. Angie's face is telling me something. No, I'm saying, do your thing. Do your thing. That's my face. Is sure, whatever works for you. I mean, I feel like that overall, though, for men, female, whatever works for you, works for you. You you find a partner in life that that works for, and you rock with it. Do you care about our opinion right now at this podcast? Probably Absolutely not. not. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Absolutely that's just what not. it is. So ultimately, I... Hair grow oil. I have some things I think... I don't think anything can grow the hair, but I do feel like I have... Things can stimulate. Things can nourish. Yes. Have you seen it work? Work, yeah, work, yes. Hair, don't believe, I don't think there's anything that's going to make hair grow in a miracle way. There's things that's going to take care of your hair, nourish it, provide it with the oils and nutrients and moisture that it needs, yes. And yes, you do see the results of that. Making it grow, though, it's always a tricky thing because people think, like, if I take this thing or put this thing on my head, I'm going to go from shoulder length to bra strength, drop length to kneecap length. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of hair to braid. Are you crazy? I got a cousin that could catch all of that. Come on, you have a whole head of hair. Not catch all of it. She'll catch all that. She in Haiti. Good night. (laughs) We want to go back to Haiti. We need to bring her here. Or yeah, we need to take a trip to Haiti. A braiding trip to Haiti. She'll catch all of that for you. It's going to hurt. You've been drinking a little too much. I'll give you some oil tips. I do like some oils though. I'll give you some you have some like, products you can recommend that would be great. I totally can't. I like the, my hair on a whim, and I want my braids back. I don't know why you think your hair's not long enough to braid, but yes, I can make some product recommendations depending on your hair. That's what I said. It is long enough to braid. Totally. She's bugging. Ignore Whoever's saying you can't, don't go to them. Cause they don't know how to do it. I'm gonna start a business called Beard Connector. We're going to connect beards. With dye? With the gap. No, it's going to be that oil. <laughs> Wait, that what? oil is not... That now oil your skin is not... going to be breaking out because you're putting <laughs> hair oil on your face. That oil is not going to grow, connect your hair. I think it will. Something wrong with y'all. So, I guess in, in closing... Um, we didn't talk anything... Did we talk about the festival? We, I mean, if you want to... If, if you want to specifically yeah, plug it... Yeah, dig into no, it. That's probably... That's one of... I, You were at Curlfest. Yes, that was a thing. That was like an event. Like they would own oh, wait. No, it's this Saturday. No, forget, don't forget we gotta go by the park. Literally for years. That uh-uh. whatever Saturday it fell on. But they went to Curlfest. That relationship work out? No. We're not together. He's hanging out at Curlfest. So Curlfest exactly. breaking up relationship. But, Excuse me. Curlfest wow. is where people but find I friends. Have <laughs> the fact that, that how much 
they were so eager to go. It was like a whole group of guys. So in addition to it being such a positive influence within the hair culture and community, guys love it too. Because it's like the one time, especially in New York, like you're going to see that many beautiful melanin hued and even non-melanin because some of our light sisters have textured hair mm -hmm. are out there absolutely well. yeah. you're going to see them in one location it's almost like so you see groups of guys it's just almost like christmas if if they had like love christmas when you were like six and you knew your favorite toys were going to be there oh like, wow. i like that it's like that you're going to curl fest it's like oh we're going to no we're going to curl fest yes <laughs> Mark your calendars. We're yeah, going to Mark your calendars. So you see groups of guys there? Absolutely. And this is Oh, yeah. Men Are they with, participating? Are they just Are they participating? Absolutely. So much so that we create activations specifically to calf conversations with the men that are present. That's cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We work with a, a few brands that are trying to have conversations with men of color or women of color or the you know the full spectrum, the family and, and everything in between. But men are that we realized so Carl Fest was birthed in 2014. And again, that comes off of many years of us, you know, not only doing these signature experiences that I've kind of mentioned throughout this conversation, but also we have worked with brands if they're doing a launch around something or, you know, doing something online that we want to kind of share about, as well as listening to and building this collective. So we had several years of doing these things. The first year that we said we want to bring beauty literally outside the box like not in the convention center not in this not anything that we had ever been to or experienced before and um and that's where the idea of prospect park and this 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 gathering there kind of happened um so that first year we were expecting like maybe 500 people like we have been doing all these mm. all these years it was of like the Ruth festival you know the ones that they do on Randall's yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really like. It was definitely a surprise when almost two thousand people came to the first one, and we were and we had two we had two brands that year. It was. Uh, You're laughing at it now. Two I'm brands. smiling yeah, at it because it's incredible. Uh, yeah. The growth and the grind in between and all like and that's a whole nother podcast is like all the tools and the self talk that it takes to like keep going with that. From then until now, 2019, we celebrated our sixth year anniversary for the festival, Carl Fest 2019. Amen. Amen. And how many people are attending now? So 2019 had a few different new things, inclusive of how many people. So we, for the first year ever, we, we celebrated the festival on Randall's Island. Wow. Um, we celebrated with 35,000 attendees at Randall's Island this year. That's amazing. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. And we had all kinds of, because mo all of us are new, well, most of us, one of the team is from the South, uh, where we're kind of a mixed group but we're from new york and we were thinking are people gonna feel like coming across to randall's island and everyone came they enjoyed it it almost felt even you know like a smoother process than ever before and then we um i mean don't get me wrong we had our hiccups we had our fires you always like, to have that. come everything. on like there's the truth of that and and what i want people to walk away from if you've heard of curl fest or, or have not 
or if you look into it, um, and yeah, for, by all means, please do follow our platforms at Curly Girl Collective um, and curlfest.com and, and all of that. Or if you're looking for more stuff, like continue this conversation. But we listen to ourselves and to our community. And that festival is so intentional. Like the time that we spend to think thoroughly through our guest experience um, even a client experience. My particular role is partnerships. I'm a partnership strategist. I work with brands and create kind of lucrative, um, meaningful partnerships. And so we are so intentional about it. Everything from the main stage to the empowerment stage to the activations that happen in Beauty Road to just who is present on the Curlfest lawn, that is all selected for us and by us. And it's really um, a testament to this conversation and us kind of building and creating this collective along the way. We also have this marketplace place that over the years um, it's called the Curlfest kind of a market vendor marketplace over the years we have worked with some amazing brands that have grown like it'll be like this was our first experience ever vending at an event and now we are on the shelves of Target or now we That's are amazing. on the shelf like we have a boutique here or we this experience informed and some of the conversations I have with brands that are established from the L'Oreal's of the world or the the Revlons of the world um, and, and and the like, they're they're saying things like through the images and the messaging of Curlfest, it informed our ingredient story. It informed our images for this campaign, for our next launch, our next line. And so I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude that um, the fruits of the labor, we're able to see some of that right now. Like, don't get me wrong. We're, we're on the backs of like so many movements before us. We're not the first people to kind of make really progressive movements around our people. Like we are bringing, um, to light some of the work that our generations before much of the work that our generations before us and our ancestors have, have kind of paved the way for us to do. But it's stuff like that, like those kind of conversations with with brand partners to the conversations that we have with attendees or um, folks that come from. We have a mom who's like, I drove here all the way from Ohio and we interviewed the, her little her little um, girl. And she was like, this is incredible. I don't see this in Ohio. I've never That's seen amazing. so many people that look like me to, you know, to the one who's coming from all the way from Switzerland or Ethiopia. Like Curlfest has so many people um 42 countries are represented over 42 countries are represented at Crawfest, which blows our mind every time yeah. like people are making it a destination experience and they're doing that before they even know like there's no performance there is no any nothing's announced people, people are just people like are most importantly launching businesses at Crawfest. launching businesses launching lives all kinds. are being changed this is these are the things that are happening and also we're being a part of even um, shifting political change, like we're a part of a coalition that's working with the Crown Act, which is a piece of legislation that um, prohibits discrimination against anyone because of their natural hair, which essentially is just a pretty direct link between my hair and my ethnicity. Like usually if there's a yep. restriction on not having dreads or, or excuse me, not having locks or not having kinky twists or whatever kind of these rules were in the military or various educational institutions or even at your place of work rules around not having a beard or you know and that's typically speaking to black people a connected beard right <laughs> period a connected beard at yeah, that <laughs> but it's typically speaking to black people so that legislation is saying that's no longer allowed and we're working with a grander team that's working to make that federal um 
piece of, of policy. So the movement has been, so like you said, launching businesses, um, political shifts, um, just shifts in people feeling like, oh, I can show up to work looking how I look. And now you're going to now I have a, a place to that a safe place that gives me a language around how to address issues I may be facing or community that kind of gives me fuel when I need it. But, yeah, it's been right. it's been so such it's a bigger than you. And that's awesome. So much bigger. You leading other people to their purpose. I didn't think of it like that. But I yeah. I mean, after You're I listened, listening to you, that's what it sounds like. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And grateful for that. That's awesome. So, so in closing, let's let's touch on that a bit. Let's touch on how do women in their own beauty find their purpose? Mm. What advice do you have to those women out there who can't find their purpose, and it might stem from not feeling beautiful? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I think um, any journey of like where you're starting with a knot like not worthy or not enough or like whatever that knot starts with and you're starting the journey to like unravel that knot and and realize that you are it <clears throat> a it's a journey so that means it's going to take a series of steps it's going to take a series of tools just like anything else in finding your purpose is going to take a series of steps and tools i'd say it's a couple things ask yourself some questions um and i'll get back to what those are in a second but also um, like every guru and everyone else says, surround your, yourself with people <laughs> that to you look like they have an idea what their purpose is and how they're moving. It, it Not because you want to acclimate to what they're doing, but it's because you can be inspired and you can be exposed to different things that's going to give you insight into your own. Um, and then... <sighs> I would say stop questioning that. Stop questioning what's your purpose and start taking action in what you feel like your spirit wants to do or wants to move. Like, of course, maintain your obligations. If you're an entrepreneur, maintain your business. And maybe there's a disconnectedness or connectedness to your purpose there. That's a question. If you're a professional in your in your field um, and you feel like your purpose is outside of that, when I say stop questioning it, meaning like stop putting the pressure of what is my purpose on your head and feeling like the answer is just going to appear magically. The answer is going to unfold in you and how you move in the places that you put yourself in, the things that you execute, the people that you surround yourself around and the tools that you equip yourself with. So I'd say those are the ways that you can start to get on the path to figuring out what your purpose is. Um, and then again, like what I, how I started the conversation, the mas- master the art of being on your own side. There's so many layers in that. Mm. It's A, it's supporting yourself, but it's also really getting deep into your self-awareness. There's so many things that you can do when you're by your own side. A, you can show others how to be by your side, but you can also be equipped to be by to be there for another and what does be by your side mean it means the self-talk that's telling you all those knots like I don't know my purpose and I and it's not together and I don't have it um shift those reframe those into what if my purpose looks like this I think you need to just start placing like people are doing things but they're just not even acknowledging what they're doing this is a cast recommends 
Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Dungeons and Daddies is an improvised comedy podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons to tell the story of four suburban dads transported to a land of high fantasy in a quest to rescue their missing kids. Join a wannabe coach dad. Hands in the middle, everyone. A dad rock cover band dad. Hey man, we play some originals. A Birkenstock wearing hippie dad. I prefer environmentally conscious. And a businessman stepdad. Doing business is my job. As they tool around, fighting orcs, befriending witches, running up a tab at a tavern, and fleeing in their minivan. You know, normal fantasy stuff. It's called Dungeons and Daddies. Dungeons and Daddies is not a BDSM podcast. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.